everyone. I'm so glad you've tuned in to the Enduring Churches podcast. Alan and I are here today, and we are excited to talk with you about another topic. And, uh, you know, we do this because we want you and your church to endure and to do well, not just endure, not just barely make it by the skin of your teeth, but also to do well. And and so, Alan, today, you know, as we think about the churches and the leaders that listen to this um, they're, they've all got different events that happen in the life of their church. And, uh, you know, and sometimes they have to come up with some hard decisions. And so today, that's kind of what we want to talk about, isn't it? Yeah, you know, there's a difference between a program and an event. Um, a program mm-hmm. that's kind of an ongoing thing. An event is something you might do annually, semi-annually, but it's something that you do on occasion for a specific purpose. And there are churches that have been doing an event for a hundred years, and sometimes they don't even know why they do the event, but they continue to right. do the event. And we, I think, we've all been in that place too, where we offer an event and no one comes. Yeah, have you ever mm-hmm. been in that situation? Yes, yes, I have. And then you're everybody, all the you know people from the church are looking at each other like. Okay, uh, we're supposed to do this, but why did we put all this effort and time into this deal? You know, I remember we did an event. We were going to do a big, almost like flea market garage sale type thing. So you, we mm-hmm. we were going to rent out all these spaces for people to kind of do a garage sale on our church property, or they could put up a booth for to sell their crafts and all that kind of stuff. And we advertised yeah. it, and we put signs up, and. You know, we did all those things. Okay, when will school teachers get paid? And think about that time. And we we did that. And um, I think combined, there was like, you know, $200 made for that entire day. I mean, it was just a colossal bust. And I think everyone was disappointed. <laughs> and, and so we, we didn't do it again. And a few years later said, so, hey, have you guys ever thought about doing this? And everyone <laughs> So we all have those events like that. Yeah, you're right. And, 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 you know, and, and they may, if you've done one historically, they may have been great in, in years past and, and had great success, but that doesn't mean that it's going to continue to be great and continue to have the impact that you once did. And, and this is important to think about right now is because we're leading into Easter um, and, you know, there's a lot of churches that have done the same kind of deal for years and years and years and their Easter programming. And, and some of that's wonderful, uh, but also don't be afraid to change things up a little bit as well. Yeah. So we want to just talk to you today about when is the right time to make an event disappear. And I tell you that because we're hosting a huge event this year in our association. We're bringing in an illusionist and we're doing four different nights and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching him make some things disappear but sometimes it's the right time to make an event disappear. So we, when is that right time? And, you know, amazingly, the right time to start thinking about that is after the last time you did it. And mm-hmm. so we take you to that point of evaluation time. So if you did an event last year, but you didn't really take time to evaluate the event, that's probably the first mistake we make. So when an event is fresh in your mind, the best thing you can do is start a kind of an evaluation process at that point in time. Well, and so let's talk about why it's important to do it then, because 
if we don't do some evaluation right after the event, people forget. And when we forget, we tend to remember things with the best positive outlook. You know, we, we remember the good things and the fellowship and the years past, this was great. And we forget about the miserable failure that it was the last time. And so uh, it's important to do that evaluation, like Alan said, just right after the event. Yeah, because your next event's success is determined by the outcome of the last event you did. So it starts right there. So are you taking time to really stop and give yourself an honest evaluation of how this worked? So that's the most important thing. So when you're thinking about an event, what will be the criteria you, you use to determine how beneficial this event was and did it do everything it should? So I think with that in mind, let's look at some other things here, Trent. The first thing I think is purpose. And that's, I think that's a big thing to talk through with your church family is, okay, what, why are we doing this? The, the big why question, what's the purpose of this? What is, do we want it to do? And does it match the purpose of the church? Is it, you know, is that, or is it just because, hey, we've always done it? And that's, that's not a purpose. That's just an excuse. And so you kind of need to think through that purpose, that part of the equation. I was listening to a senior adult ministry talk about things that senior adults are doing today. And, you know, it used to be every senior adult ministry was going to go to Branson and go to was it Branson? And some churches still do that because it fits in great with the purpose and who they are. But some churches, their senior adults came back to them and said, can we do something that's more impactful than just taking a trip to go watch a bunch of shows? We can do that on our own. But what can the church take us to do that's more impactful? And then the church was also able to say, okay, our purpose is to do more than just entertain in this case. We also want to equip saints to do the work of ministry. And so for some churches, it became a matter, well, this doesn't fit our purpose. Now, it's okay if, if part of your purpose is to provide senior adults opportunity to fellowship. That's a, a fine purpose. But if that's not the purpose that you've stated and not the reason, then by all means, it might be time for something like that to disappear. But I thought that that was a great example of what we're talking about here. Yeah, I think that's really good because, you know, adults always are complaining about, well, all we do is with those youth is we entertain them. But we do the same thing with every age group in a lot of churches, uh, but we just only complain about the youth, right? Because that's what people do is they complain about youth, and which is unfair to the youth by and large. And so um, I agree, uh, you know, as you think through this and, and, and the things that you do, not just with one event, but all your events, need to line up with the purpose of your church. And, um, you know, the with senior adults, like you mentioned, talk about an amazing group that has a heart to minister. Those folks, uh, you know, they've got so much wisdom and talent and they can go and, and minister. We just took yesterday, we took several senior adults with us uh, on a mission trip, a one-day mission trip to help a Burmese church. And it was such an awesome experience. Um, and they... You know, all those folks that we took, we took 22 and they just did so good. And I was proud of them. But those folks, a lot of them were senior adults and they had a heart for that. Yeah. So we were thinking about goals when you're talking about purpose. What's the goal 
what is the desired outcome of that event? Is it something that has to do with outreach? We want to help reach people we've never reached. Is it mm-hmm. in? We want to build fellowship. We want to build togetherness. There's a time in every church where that becomes really important. Is it service? We want to serve someone else. We want to give of ourselves to someone else, like you were talking about yesterday in something you did. So what what is the purpose of, of that event? And so start with purpose. When you start with purpose, you're going to find a better pathway forward um, for an event and also help determine whether or not it's an event you want to be part of. So purpose matters. Uh, and then I think the next thing, Trent, is can you do the event well? What is your ability to do the event in a good way? Yeah, and this is really important, Alan. I'm glad you put this in there because sometimes we get an idea from another church that it has people that are gifted to do an event or that they have the, the equipment or the funds or whatever, and we say, oh, that was so awesome at their church, but it doesn't match up with what God has placed in your church. But we still try to do it, right? We try to muddle through it, and, and then it can, not always, but it can present a bad picture of your church because you don't do it well. Yeah, so think about a church that maybe has a lot of great singers in it, and they do a great musical every year. And your church says, man, musicals are, are popular. We should do a musical. Well, we don't have anyone who sings, but we can make a joyful noise. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> do not, you do not cast me in a musical. No. Uh, <laughs> I would chase people away. And if you can't sing, but you're gonna you're committed to doing a musical, you might chase people away. So, you know, the expectations can be different for different events. For instance, um, a church picnic doesn't have the same level of expectations that a regional conference would have. So what is your ability in your church to do this particular event at a, at a high level that would encourage people to come? Well, and, and I think there's a lot of events that churches do that they don't expect it to be a high level, which I think we should. I mean, we're supposed to give our best. And, and um, I think we just settle for second or third or 25th best, you know, and instead of, hey, what has God gifted us to do? And and what you mentioned earlier about the outreach, inreach, or service kind of things and the expectations around those, you know, none of those things are bad. Um, and so, like you said, there's different times to do those, and but let's expect to do all of those really, really well. And whatever event that we choose to do that accomplishes that goal, let's have expectations of doing it to the best of our of our ability. Yeah, it reminds me of my friend's T-shirt that says "World's Fourth Best Dad." <laughs> I don't want to be too arrogant, so <laughs> we've got a lot of churches that don't want to be arrogant out there. But we yeah. best um, to what we're doing, and to give our best, we need to know that we have the people power to do it. That's probably the most important part. Do you have enough people? Um, that can be put in the roles so that this event can be successful? And then do you have the resources to make this event happen? And those two questions are really vital in your ability to do the event well. And resources may not be money. It may be it may be facilities. It may be something else. But do you have the resources to do what you're talking about? So an ability to do an event at a high level, I think, is really important. And if you can't do it, at a, at a decent level, why are you doing it? 
Yeah, and you may give your your folks a bad opinion of you or the church as a whole when you do things poorly. Um, you know, instead of saying, "Hey, you know, let's let's take a hard look," and I think this encourages leaders in your church to say, "Okay, let's do some serious evaluation of who we are as a church." You know, um, one of the churches that I pastored, we had an amazing number of hairdressers, hairstylists. And so we did several things where we like provided free haircuts for the kids before they went back to school. And we went to a homeless mission and we gave free haircuts at a homeless mission. And, and that was such a great thing because they were really talented. These folks were really gifted at that. And it was a good representation of our church. But then, you know, it's easy to just do things because you think you should or because you've done it years ago. You do something that's not a good representation of your church and you don't have the people power or the resources at that time to do it. So maybe that could be the reason that you want to make an event disappear or maybe the benefits of the event just aren't there. So is it worth the effort? I think that's kind of the question you want to ask right here. Was it worth the effort or could something else have provided similar or better results? And then another question maybe would be, is my church energized by this? Did this build a sense of momentum in my church? I think of events as kind of momentum starters for the life mm-hmm. of it. So if it doesn't build momentum, uh, you could be running into a problem. And you certainly don't want an event to be, be the cause of your momentum stop. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, if, if you look back, it's like, man, we were doing so good until we did that. You know, that's terrible and because there can be events or programs or whatever that just stop you from moving forward and, and people get discouraged, they get frustrated and, you know, they think they answer that question that you had asked a while ago, Alan, is it worth the effort? And they look back and like, no, it was not worth the effort. And, you know, and instead of doing thinking through that question before the event, they have to think through it afterwards and and when they're really angry or frustrated and that can be bad. Yes. And I think one of the things you can do too is use this as an opportunity to really see, well, this part didn't work, but maybe this part did. What can we do to leverage this part of who we are? You know, one of the things we realized with with our pavilion in, in my last church, our outdoor facility that we had, it wasn't great for things like garage sales, but if we did other things, we would get a better return. So if we did a, a music event or if we use that for fellowship, it would respond better. So using our resource that we had in a better way was beneficial to us. So con- consider the benefit of the event. Every time you do an event, was, was it worth the effort that we put into it? You know, if you put a conference on and you get 10 people there, maybe it wasn't a worthwhile conference because conferences take a lot of work and a lot of planning and a lot of advertising. And maybe that wasn't what needed to be done for you right now. But is there something you could take and learn from that and then do something even better? Here's a couple of things that just came to mind, Alan. Um, One of them is considering the opportunity cost. Um, because when you think of the opportunity cost, you're saying, okay, 
it costs us this amount to do this and that, and always include your time too, because like you said, it takes a lot of planning and all that, but it's also taking an opportunity away for you from you for doing another event. So that's the opportunity cost is, is, is costing me from doing something that would better fit us. And I also want to say pastors, you need to hear this, that your idea is rarely the best idea. And hear me when I say this, it's not that it's a bad idea, but when you don't let other people, maybe your leadership in on the, the tweaking it, you know, and ask, asking questions, then you miss out on the best event. You may have a great start of an idea, but let the other folks in your church in on the conversation to tweak it and they can give some insight that will help make it the best event. Yeah, when you think about the opportunity cost, you know, the time, the talents, the treasures, those things that we talk about a lot in a church, when you think about those costs that go into that, and then on the the backside, what did we get from this, or how did it impact God's kingdom, or did it provide inreach, did it provide service, was it worth the cost of us putting it into that? So think about that one. But the cost, you know, is always something that people get kind of crazy about. For instance, if you do an event and you have three people come and one of them gets saved, someone will say, well, it was worth the $20,000 we put into this event because one person got saved. And if even one person, and I, I appreciate the heart. I really do appreciate the heart. But what if you had done something else and you had had 500 people and 30 people got saved and you could have done that for the same amount or with the same amount of effort, which would have been better? And that's what we want you to think through. It's not that there's a lot of things that we do that are mildly successful, but are they the best thing that we can do? That's what you're talking about when you talk about opportunity cost and the benefit of the event. Is that right, Trent? Oh, I agree. Yeah. And, and you know, another thing that came to mind, too, as you're saying that, Alan, is that sometimes we forget to put the prayer time in with the event planning. Uh, you know, we take all this time. We have committee meetings. Right. Uh, and and we're putting this time we're putting the plan together. But we do want it the best. And so we know that God has the best plan. And so we need to speak with him. We need to look for his insight. And uh, so we forget to put in that not only time, talent, and treasures, but we forget to put in the prayer part, the conversation, because God has the best plan. And he will lots of times provide the time and the talent and the treasures to be able to make an event that would, like you said, instead of just a handful of people coming and we have to give ourselves the excuse of, well, at least one person got saved. Instead, he could make it great and and then lots of people because, you know, yes, God is personal, but he wants us to use our resources wisely and get the most out of those resources. So we've talked today about when is the right time to make an event disappear. So we want you to gather post-event information, consider the event's purpose, consider your ability to do the event well, consider the benefit of the event and consider the cost. So if you'll kind of take that process, work your way through it, I think you'll have a great template for knowing how to deal with an event in the aftermath. So Trent, you have any final words for us today? 
Yeah, I'm glad that you read through, um, you know, every time we do, not every time, most of the time we do a podcast episode, we have notes that are pretty laid out and Alan is so good at this of, of organizing them and we post those on our website a lot of times or with um, where it's posted on Podbean. And so I know that I just want to say that we put a lot of effort in those and you can get some things from the notes that a lot of other podcasts don't give you notes on. And I, I like that, that we have the opportunity to give you some notes that you can take and print off and, and use later without having to go back and, and scrub through the podcast episode to find out what was it that they said. You can just go and you can not only listen to the podcast, but you can download the notes. So. We hope that that is a benefit to you. And and really, we're just honored that you take time to listen to us. Um, we want this to be a conversation not only with each other, but with you as well. And so if you have some suggestions or um, could help us to share it, it would be a blessing. But we appreciate your time and, and appreciate that you've taken some time today to listen to our podcast. And um, we hope that you will tune in next week when we release our next episode. So God bless you. Have an awesome day.